0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. And I'm going to go to 2 Timothy this morning, chapter 2, and we'll wrap this up. And we'll see what happens next week. 2 Timothy chapter 2. So today we wrap up our current series. We are going to look at the hardworking farmer. Last week we wrapped up looking at the athlete. And so before we move into the full uh, consideration of the farmer, I just want to review the last portion of the athlete from last week. But let's look at 2 Timothy 1, and we'll start reading there. Paul said this to Timothy. Now this specifically is being written to a minister. and But there are truths here that apply to everybody. So I, wanna, I want you to think about it like this. When you think of a minister, don't just think of a pulpit preacher. Because did you know that the, that every human, every born-again believer is called to be a minister? They're actually anointed to be a minister. Did you know that? Now, you may think to yourself, well, I don't want to stand behind a pulpit. That's not what I'm talking about. A minister, the word has to do with serving. And in the ministry gifts, as we've been taught here, one of the ministry is, ministries is the ministry of helps. Now, every single believer... Every Christian is called to the ministry of helps. Not every single minister is called to what we call the five-fold ministry gifts. The apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. Okay, Not everybody is called to that. Those are specific calls that the Lord gives, and they're evident. You say, what do you mean they're evident? There's an anointing on the person that's called to do those things. And it's te- you, can, you can sense it. It's interesting because as long as I've stood in this office... and and ministered as as a pastor, as a minister, I can recognize the gift, and it doesn't have to be the same gift, but a gift in those five right away when a person starts to speak. It doesn't take me any time at all. Instantly I'll know whether they're called to preach or not. Now, I can always get something out of anything anybody shares. Do you know everybody should be able to share or give an account or give a reason for why they believe and what they believe? Everybody should be able to do that, even if it's all you know is John (laughs) 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Amen? So, everybody is called to minister. Everybody is called to minister to their family, to their spouse, to their kids, to their uh, grandkids to you know grandparents, all the way around your whole life your job your 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 employees you 're an employee somebody 's an employer whatever it is you 're called to minister to you 're called to be salt and light in all arenas so concerning what paul is teaching here, yes. Specifically, yes, it speaks to ministers, but specifically, it speaks to everybody in a sense. Corporately, it speaks to everybody in a sense. In other words, Paul's trying to encourage Timothy. How many know 2 Timothy is the last letter Paul wrote? Before he was what? Before he had a separation of his head from his body. And he says that in here. He says, I'm done. My race is done. I'm out of here, it's over, I'm going on. And so he's writing to Timothy to encourage him. Hey, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Don't allow yourself to get lackadaisical in what you're doing and fall back into a pattern of or backsliding from what God has called you to do. Because how many realize this? In the pressures of this life, they speak to you to quit. Amen. Now I'm talking about quit on what God's called you to do here. Most believers are not giving up their salvation. Even if they get into a real carnal lifestyle that God doesn't approve of. Most believers are not giving up their salvation. They're not rolling over in the middle of it going, well, I don't believe Jesus is the Son of God anymore. What most Christians struggle with is they struggle with staying consistent and with endurance and continuing to move forward in the process of living a disciplined life like a soldier, like an athlete, or like a farmer. That's where most people struggle. They get distracted by every little thing that happens. Like every time somebody stands up and walks in this church, they go like this. I wonder where they're going. Who cares? <laughs> the Word of God is being taught. Pay attention. Amen? So listen, it's, it's in, in, I'm telling you, kids, I, I, I youth pastored for years, kids and adults are both guilty. I was the reason why I bring that up is this is obviously it was happening, but <clears throat> repeatedly. So <clears throat> my point is this. <laughs> Years ago I was listening to Keith Moore, and he was teaching along these lines. And he was teaching along a line and along a particular subject from the Word of God. How many know that this is more important than anything else that is going on right now? Amen. Amen? Just so you know, my gear just shifted just a little bit, and I'm about to take it up a notch. (laughs) This is more important than anything that is happening in my life right now. Anything. Okay, So when it comes to taking courage, when it comes to standing up in the middle of difficult situations, we have to drill down and focus with the Lord and not get distracted by anything. Our hearts have to be and our minds have to be shifted into a place where, Lord, you said it. I'm your soldier. Let's go to war. And, and if, we, if we don't do that, we will get distracted because the storms are here and they're coming and we've walked through them and every time we've had victory over a storm, every time we've come through a battle, every time we've pressed through a hard time in the leg of the race that we're in, it's because we drilled down into our faith, stopped focusing on everything around us, focused in on the Lord, the author and finisher of our faith, and did not quit. And if we are going to succeed at the next level, that same thing has to happen. We cannot allow the things around us. So back to my story about Keith Moore. He he knew of a situation that was going on in a young man's life. And he actually had this young man. I think I said he was teaching, but he wasn't. He actually had this young man living with him in his house. And this was a troubled young man. He was in his late teens, maybe early 20s. And he he was having, he was involved in in, in, uh, in involved in things and stuff that he shouldn't have been, and it was costing him big time in his family and in his life. And he was sitting next to this to Keith Moore, this minister, and this minister was teaching along. He, this minister knew nothing about the situation of this young man. And this minister. Brother Keith uh, uh, relayed he starts hitting on exactly what is going on in this young man's life. Starts hitting on it. I mean, Holy Spirit is how how many have heard reading your mail? Okay, today it would be reading your email. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) he's reading your texts. He's reading your Facebook threads, your Instagram threads. He knows what's going on. The Holy Spirit knows you inside and out. And this minister starts hitting it, and right at that moment, a distraction happened in the service. Somebody got up to go to the bathroom. Somebody did something. And that kid missed the whole thing that the minister said that spoke exactly to his situation. Guys, it happens all the time. you know what we want to fall back on? Well, the Lord will bring it around again. That's true. But why should we be slack in our attention to him because we know his mercy? Doesn't that seem a little disrespectful? Let me ask you something. If Jesus was speaking in the service today, where would your attention be? If Jesus was leading the worship, If Jesus was walking you with you to your job. Because he is. You know, we get, we get natural thinking and it, it, it invades. The enemy invades people's minds. Well, it's just the way that church is. What if the minister or the leader is actually hearing from the Lord and they're going a particular direction and it's the Lord leading you through that person? But we're so carnal in our thinking That we don't recognize it. And we miss it. And guess what, guys? And people say, well, you're you're saying the Lord isn't merciful. No, I know the Lord's merciful. He's got plan A through Z for my life. But I'd rather not get to Z. In other words, I want to grow. And develop to the point where I hear him and I'm not distracted by anything. Ever since I heard Keith Moore teach on that, I drill down in my focus to the minister who's ministering. I don't care. I don't care if they're on a subject I don't agree with. It doesn't the way they're presenting it. I, if the Lord has me there and that's where I'm supposed to be, I focus. I, it's part of the reason why I take physical notes. Because it helps me. Because I I could be squirrel guy. You guys probably have realized that. I mean, I could get off on, you know what I mean? I, that, that fast moving and, and stuff, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> I'm okay with it moving down things very quickly. I'll forget about the next thing and go on. So I do it on purpose. Why? You could miss. What the Holy Spirit is trying to say to you. And people sometimes, this is the reality here, people sometimes get this idea, well, the Lord will bring it back to me. He will, he'll do his best. But how many realize this? That is all contingent on how well we listen. So watch. If I'm in the service and I'm hearing the preacher, but I'm in my seat scrolling Facebook on my phone, would you do that to Jesus? If you do it to me, you do it to him. Aren't you glad you came today? (laughs) Maybe it's... Like Jesus, one of those services, you know, he's like, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. (laughs) People are like, he had a church of 5,000, gone, just like that. Down to 12. And there are things in your and my life where we're going to have to look at the Lord and go, Lord, you have the words of life, where else can I go? Because the Lord said this, he said, if you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto That works on the blessing side, and that works on on the obedient side, and it works on the disobedient side. And so it's challenging. We've had a couple of these now. Last Wednesday, boy, we hit some stuff. Whoo! Paul said, I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith. Paul said this, I'm going to go ahead and die so your faith can succeed. Yow! That wasn't 30, 60, fold <laughs> Right? That wasn't, Lord, what about my needs? That was Paul in prison, chained to a Roman guard, Spending time praying and writing letters to a church that's going through difficult situations without complaining about where he's at. Paul in prison did not stop his ministry because of his circumstances. This is where God is calling us as a church. God is right now in the process of, in this nation, separating. He's doing it. And he's not separating Democrats and Republicans. That's just a byproduct of the result of something deeper. He's separating goats and sheep. That's what he's doing. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a sheep. <laughs> right? I am not in the goat category. He's doing it right now. So what, what, what is to be the focus in all of that? It's this discipline that we need. We're to be what? Strong. So let's look at it. Second Timothy, Timothy 1. It says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things which you have heard from me and among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure what? Hardship. Well, I don't want any of that. Well, endure. You're going to have to deal with it. I'm going to have to deal with it. Amen. We have to because we're in this world. So we endure hardship as a good soldier of what? Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life unless the person is not aware that they're in the middle of a war. You and I are in the middle of a war. It is happening right now. The enemy is looking to destroy and steal and kill. And God is looking through Christ to give and his church to give what? Life and life more abundantly. So we cannot get entangled with what's going on. We, in other words, we cannot be consumed with things that are outside of who Christ says we are. Amen? We have to be aware of that. Now he goes on to say this: he says. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may, what? Please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, verse 5, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the what? The rules. The hardworking. The what? No, I'm under grace. I don't have to do anything. In fact, this is a bad translation. That word work shouldn't even be in there. You like that, huh? (laughs) Mike just went, oh, because he knows what I said. (laughs) Is it there or not? Now, I will say this. Your eternity is set if you believe in Christ. But your right now is determined by that word right there. You say, what do you mean? You can have the seed, but it doesn't mean you get the harvest here. Can I ask you something? Let's make it really practical. Is your marriage healthy because you got married? Because you have a contract, you have a legal contract, you're legally married. So it's great. Marriage is perfect. Don't even have to do anything; it's just there. Why? I stood in front of the preacher. He married us. See, I got this piece of paper right here that says, "Yeah, oh, and you got a ring. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. I got a ring. See, it's a forever band, a forever circle. We can never. In other words, what it takes? What? Not just work. Hey. You're seeing it now. It takes what? Hard work. I I just want to, you know, stretch out on the cot of God's blessings. (laughs) Just kind of, ooh, I'm glad we can laugh about this because this could be tough. I I don't want to have to, you know, I, I believe in prosperity and I give, but I have no idea where all my money goes. Hard, hard what? I don't know if I like that word, preacher. See, the thing is, is that the longer I walk with the Lord, the more I realize that His promises are for me. They came by grace through faith. But part of that grace, see, here's the thing. This is is where people get distracted. They think, I have to earn it. No, you have to receive it but then you have to work in it. So let me ask you this way. On one side of the grace definition, which is right, how many of us, when we received Jesus and his promise, were doing so many good things for him? None of us were. Every person in here, even if you were a moral do-gooder, like Paul claimed he was, you know what I mean? Like he thought he was, We were all enemies of God when Jesus died, right? So when we step into this kingdom and we step into receiving him, there is a grace that is unearned and unmerited, right? And it forever becomes a part of you, correct? And you were not saved because of good works, were you? But what does verse 10 say in Ephesians 2, 2, 8 and 10? It says says you're saved unto good works. Which means the degree, listen to me now, the degree that God's eternal functions through me and out and has an effect not only on my life but everybody around me is directly connected to my level of hard working. In other words, the word of God transforms the way I think But by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and then my free will coming into line with his truths and me stepping out in faith on those promises to move out into what he's called me to do, does what? It's the work of the hardworking farmer. It's the tilling of the field. It's the removing the rocks. It's the digging up of the soil. How many, how many know this? It's, it's wonderful on, when the harvest is all done and in the bin and you have the paycheck after you sold the harvest. But what took place to get the paycheck? I will never accidentally have a good marriage with Heidi. I can pray in other tongues for hours and get up from that place and speak and do in such a way that will create division in my marriage and void my prayers. Why? Because I didn't work what was put in me. I didn't work what was put in me. Let's go to Proverbs and we'll end there. Uh, There are so many scriptures here I could give, but we're just going to have to do it this way. Proverbs chapter 24, please. Paul loved uh, illustrations, athlete. You'll see this. Now you're going to start to see this more and more as you're reading through in your readings. He liked farmers. He liked building. I think Paul was like, you know, because he built tents. I think Paul was like construction guy, farmer guy, athlete guy, soldier guy. In other words, everything that was around him, whether he worked in it or was in prison (laughs) with the soldiers, whatever was around him, he'd go, Lord, teach me. What am I supposed to, what am I I learning here? Come on, think about this with me. This is going to be an awesome revelation. What did Jesus teach people with? Fish. Wheat, farming, right? What other things? Simple, you know the weather patterns. It was, it was, he preached out of what was around him to teach revelation. What's Paul doing? Exact same thing. You know what's amazing about that? Paul didn't read the Gospels. So how did he do it? He said, I don't know Jesus after the flesh. I know him after the what? The spirit. Now watch. Why is this amazing? Because you've never physically seen Jesus. But yet you can know him better than Peter did when he walked with him on the earth. That's why what people call Paul's revelation, is so amazing. Because he said, look guys, I didn't walk with Jesus. My encounter with him was, knock me on the ground. Blind me. And yet, he knew the Lord so well that he corrected Peter who walked with him when he got off now that's a thought rick was talking about covenant relationships this morning that'll test your relationship you need somebody in your life right that can but what is he saying he's a hard working farmer there are things so let's look at this proverbs chapter 24 verse number 30 <clears throat> and I'm in 25, I don't know if I blew the page by or what, but this is something that was seen, and this is something that we can all apply to our lives. The, the, the wisdom preacher says this, verse 30, I went by the field of the what? Is a lazy man opposite of a hardworking farmer? <laughs> okay, all right, good. <laughs> Glad we got that down. All right, so I went by the field of a lazy man, and by the vineyard of a man devoid of what? Understanding. And there it was, all what? Now, I want you to think about this in, in regards to your own personal life. What is the Holy Spirit going to point out right now in my own life that I need to know? Now, don't, I don't want you to just think about all the people you know who are not good vineyard uh, caretakers. I want you to think about you, okay? And I'll think about me. How Can we agree on this? All right. And all of you that are watching online, you do the same at home. I don't want you to just think about everybody else. I want want you to think about and hear from the Holy Spirit concerning your life. Don't think about all the prophets that recanted on their Trump prophecy. Don't think about Joe Biden and 42 executive orders. I'm telling him not to after I'm saying this. Focus on you, and as you do, You'll be ready for those situations. Learn. Think about this. He says this. He says... I walked by this vineyard of this man who is devoid of understanding, and there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was what? Broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well, and I looked on it and received instruction. A little what? Sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a what? And your need like a what? Armed man or a thief so think about this he he concerning our own lives what are the analogies what are the things that fit here inside of your in my life to where we can look at things and go okay where in my life when you're walking by your finances does it look like a wall broke down and there's an open spot do you do this do you go lord I have all these problems in my life. And the Lord says, Yeah, you got these thorns and nettles that I need you to deal with. And the reason why those are there is because you still have bitterness in your heart toward. And what people do is they get really spiritual at that point and they go, Oh, God, I rebuke bitterness in the name of Jesus. It's okay to rebuke bitterness. But if I'm going to get a thorn and a nettle out, come on, how many have had a garden or a yard before? Does it do any good to go buy a dandelion and just cut the flower off? (laughs) I know you can feel some people more they laugh because they know. In other words, I have to get that tool that my grandpa had that was kind of long and then it had the two teeth on the front of it. And it had that, and you got to get down in underneath that thing and what? And sometimes, have you noticed when you pull that out, it's like dirt and every, you know, you even accidentally pull up some of the grass next to it. That's what it's like sometimes when God deals with things in our lives. Everything gets upset. If you're not careful, one of the chief deceptions of the enemy is this he'll get you to think. You should have left that dandelion alone, because now look at all the problems you have. Or, this is another one, it's, the, it's the, these people's fault. If there was, if these people were not in my life, I wouldn't have this problem. Now here's the thing, a portion of that could be true, But the other side of it is, especially when it comes to Christianity, a lot of it has to do with, I need to grow up in here. And then in all actuality, it doesn't matter what level of thorn you are. It doesn't matter what level of thorn I am in your life. God's grace is sufficient, which means I can actually go by and go, that wall's broken down, here's the reason why it's broken down, I'm going to go ahead and put it back up, a lot of times broken down walls and things like this are not an attack of the enemy, it's just laziness spiritually on my part. I got more time and hours for everything that I shouldn't than everything that I should. Boy, we're having fun now, aren't we? We are just... People are like, I came to be encouraged today. (laughs) If you do this, you'll be free. Man... People sometimes wonder, I wish I could wave a wand over you and make your problems go away. I'd use the same thing on me. Be like, yours are free, and I'm out now too. But that's not how it works. I'm in situations in my life right now because of decisions I made. Listen to me, when I was 18. Because you know what I figured out? I figured out that I, my spirit got saved, but my mind didn't. And my flesh for sure didn't. It's still the same old flesh it always was. But once my mind got renewed to where my heart is, I could start removing nettles. I could stop being lazy. I could be a hardworking farmer. I could discipline myself in areas. And now I have areas of my life that are just flourishing with fruit from the truth and the graces that are in me. And it's not, it's just getting started. How many of you realize this in your life? There are areas where you're strong and areas where you're weak. Do you know what my tendency is? And maybe yours is this way, maybe it isn't. My tendency naturally is to gravitate toward where I'm strong and not bother with the broken down wall over there. I just focus on the built wall. Does that make sense? I, 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 I hone down and really look at, man, look how well this section is built. It, many spiritual lives are this way. They have a completely finished master bedroom, but the rest of the house is shell. They're like, do you know how much work is out there? No, 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 let's just stay in here where it's finished. The problem is those other areas need to be functioning. Functioning. Right? So even in our Christian life, it's the same way. We have to what? We have to be a hard-working. Come on, Paul made statements like this. He said, I labored more than all the other apostles, yet not I, but the grace of God that is within me. Your and my flesh is all the same. It'll look at the promises of God and go, oh, Jesus paid it all. Can I ask you something? Why does God need to put a double portion anointing on us to watch endless hours of TV and eat potato chips? Don't touch potato chips, preacher, you. (laughs) (laughs) Why does he need to? I just feel so, you know, like I just don't have strength. I don't have, and God's not giving me strength to do what? I'm okay with every once in a while watching show or eating some potato chips. I do it. But why do we need extra anointing to do whatever we want? amen? <laughs> oh, Grammy, how's that working out for us? <laughs> yeah, exactly. People do, they come to church, they hear the message of hope, and they go, I think that's what I need, and then they, they have this idea in their mind, like I'm going to get saved, like Rick was sharing this morning, people will get born again, and they won't come to a new believers class, The majority of them don't. They they actually get born again, and I'll get them born again. We'll get them saved. I'm all for that. But to the level that I apply what I've heard here, out there determines the level of growth that takes place in my own personal life. And the Lord doesn't get irritated or frustrated in these things because of uh, the fact that, you know, that people, I don't know, that he's not irritated in the sense of why won't they do what I told him to do? It's it's more, man, guys, you don't understand what you're going to run into if you continue to follow the path of disobedience to what I've created you to be. It's always, God's mentality is always this. It's always, his mentality is always, 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 always I want to get life to you and life more abundantly. And the Lord will come in and he'll go, I need you to look at this. And many times, uh, what I've seen through the years, even in my own life where it's like, I don't know if you, I don't know if Lord, if if I want to deal with that right now. And you know what the Lord is? He's a perfect gentleman. He'll back up and he'll go, okay. And then we'll reap the harvest of this thing Because of thorns and nettles and broken down walls. And and then the thief shows up. And and then the armed man shows up. And then we're in this situation. And we're going, oh God, God, do something. I don't know what's going on. I rebuke you, Satan. I rebuke you, Satan. I rebuke you, Satan. I draw a (laughs) bloodline. I cannot... Hold the door open through my actions. Disobey the Lord. Not drill down on and focus as a disciplined soldier, a disciplined athlete, and a hardworking farmer. I can't ignore those things. Open everything up to the enemy around me and go, Lord, I draw a bloodline. I have to what? I have to receive that instruction and then begin to what take up the shield of faith take up the sword of the spirit have myself wrapped in truth have my uh, loins girt about the breastplate of righteousness all of these things Keep my plowing material clean. Keep my weeding material sharp. Keep my seeds in the bin like they're supposed to be. Separated and organized. Out of moisture's reach. I've got to be able to organize the barn. I have to keep things in order. Feed the ox like I should. Keep the ox area clean and in order. Maintain the animals. I've got to wake up early and go to bed late. I have to focus on what God has called me to do. I can't just eat anything I want to eat because Because if I'm a well-trained athlete... That means I'm competing against someone else, and the someone else that I'm competing against is not other believers, and it's not the world. It's the enemy who's after my soul. So I have to discipline myself. When others are taking time to just consistently relax over and over again, consistently get into situations and do things that they just want to do all the time, in order to be an Olympic athlete, I have to go to an Olympic training center. I have to commit myself to that area. I'm going to spend my money that way. I'm to spend my energies that way. I'm going to focus with passion because I have one goal in mind. I want to be the world's best sprinter. And my goal, my gold medal, our harvest as Christians, our victory as soldiers is not a temporary victory. It's not a gold you know, uh, a medal that honestly 100, 200, 300 years from now nobody's going to remember. You know, I think it's funny. I watch football sometimes. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, but I could care less. (laughs) I could care less. And I watch, and I enjoy sports. I like sports. And you watch the Hall of Fame. And these guys have these busts of themselves that are put up, you know, their faces. And they talk about how it's it's in the Hall of Fame forever. What? Did they not comprehend they're going to die? And is America going to last forever? No. (laughs) We all need to hear this. (laughs) America will not last forever. The body of Christ will last forever. The kingdom of heaven will last forever. This, right here in our lives, is the period of time we have. Right now. So what will you do with what you've been given? Do you see that? And I know, you can stand with me. I know it's sobering, I know it's these discipleship truths, and the yeah, the altar care workers can come. Discipleship truths are tough. You know where they're really tough, though? Just on your flesh. How many have noticed that you've been saved for like maybe longer than 10 years, and you've noticed discipleship truths are tough on your flesh, but in the end, Have you ever watched, like, athletes that are at a really high level, have you ever watched their trainers that train them? A good trainer at that level, if the person has a goal of reaching the professional level, they're looking, that athlete is looking for somebody who won't let them cut corners. You guys realize that? And it's the same with us as believers. God is looking for people who will go, okay, we've made it this far. How much further can we go? In other words, it really boils down to how much The Lord's saying, How much will you, how far will you let me take you? How much will you give to me? It's actually the level of growth and the level of maturity and the level of anointing and discipline in our lives. It's actually has, God's already set the standard as Christ. It's how much can we put up with? And I'm not talking about just letting the devil beat you up. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about true training, true discipline. Amen? That's where it's at. So how many this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, I want to go to another level in this by show of hands. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be most everybody, and I figured that would be the case. If you're watching online and that's you, just you don't have to raise your hand where you're at, but commit in your heart. And let's pray. Father, we do. We come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, we purpose to let you minister to us and for you to show us the levels of joy that are available in submission to you. Lord, for us to use our faith we agree together in prayer this morning, Lord, help us be hard-working farmers. We're going to be strong in the grace that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to be disciplined soldiers, not entangled. Help us to be a fit, hard, disciplined, ordered athletes that don't slack, Lord, where, where it's not needed. Lord, You lead us and guide us in these things as we sit back in prayer, as we spend time with You and separate ourselves from those around us and distractions of this life. Holy Spirit, reveal to us what we are supposed to do in obedience to You. And we'll receive that, and we do receive that, wisdom and understanding. And by Your grace, we are doers and not hearers only. We thank You for it in Jesus' mighty name.